Welcome everyone to Courageous Conversations, our podcast number eight, which is amazing. And I have got the gorgeous Tiffany Murray from Dressed for Sale with me. Hi, Tiff. How are Hello, you? Hello. And my lucky number is eight. Is that? I'm not even lying to be convenient. True story. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. That's my pleasure. Now, you have had some really interesting times in business of late, but I want to go back to the very beginning. You were just telling me you're from Adelaide, but you moved to Sydney. Yes. Um, and tell us about that okay. experience. So I, as a, as a young person, um, I didn't have any formal qualifications and so in Adelaide I didn't feel there was a lot of opportunity to progress in any way so I I grabbed a a visa card that I maxed out terribly and arrived owing eight grand in 1995 as a nearly 25 year old and got a job in radio which really became my university I was incredibly lucky I had great training I worked for Mix 102 point I can't remember what the dial tone was now 106.5 I think in in Melbourne, Sydney. I'm in too many states at the moment. Can you tell? You're in Sydney at the moment. Yes, sorry, in Sydney at the moment. (laughs) And uh, anyway, that was awesome. I did that for a number of years. I became a general manager um, of another digital company that was a national role. But I did decide after a period of time, I'd I'd reached some goals. I knew that I wanted to earn a certain amount of money and tick, I'd done that. I knew that I wanted to um, own a property and I bought a little place in Coogee that I wish I still kept but didn't. Absolutely. Um, And I ticked, did that. But I did find after a number of years that I was probably partying a little too hard and I didn't really feel like I was putting down any roots. I felt a bit lonely right. um, and I decided to move home. I I had visions of living with my cat forever right. <laughs> and uh, I really wanted kids and things like that. I probably missed my family a lot too after a number of years away. Um, I went home and I met my farmer very quickly. So I went Beautiful. from Sydney uh, to living on a wheat and sheep station in the centre of South Australia with, a, yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing around but us really. Really? How much, How big was the station? With 7,000 acres. Wow. Um, 3,000 sheep. So I used to laugh with girlfriends who I did IVF and people doing IVF would say, I had a girlfriend in Mount Massenden, she said, you know what it's like and you know, it's such a hard time and you can go and do yoga. I went, babe, you need to come up here and see how funny that is. <laughs> there's no yoga studios, there's no cafes. Like we were the outback very much so. Yeah, right. Not easy time though to be a farmer, the drought hit. Oh, look, and, and I do get teary. It's um, It was really hard. It's, it's horrendous actually and that's one of the things I love about now. I can make it rain. You know, you can yeah, work as hard as you like yeah. as a farmer, but you can't make it rain. Yeah. And so... And your husband, Angus, had been a farmer for a long time? Yes. So family. the family had had yep. it for 180 years, 170 oh, wow. years. So okay. he was sixth generation. Wow. Um, there was no talk ever um, of doing anything else but that and us handing it on to our children and so forth. He'd never considered anything else. Sure. Um, but unfortunately for us, we encountered drought and the drought that we had was unprecedented from Federation in this right. area. Um, we had eight years in a row. Wow. So the best analogy I've ever given people is like building the Empire State Building every year and then just as you're about to put on the steeple, someone blows it up. And after eight years, you can't have me bothered laying the foundation anymore, but you do it and it's soul destroying. Yeah, I can't even imagine how that would be. And so you had to sell the farm? Look, we didn't have to. We were really lucky. We were quite diversified. Right. But it certainly made, you know, it takes five years to recover financially from one year of drought. So that's 40 years of recovery. Correct. Wow. And Gus and I didn't take on the farm as 20-year-olds. We took it no. on as 40-year-olds. We had a little family, you know, at the time, um, Joey was in my tummy. Yeah. So I had, I've got four kids. Um, so when Joey was born, four under five. Wow. Um, Crazy woman. Yeah. <laughs> Rip that Band-Aid off. Yeah. You can't regret it. You just done you it. You just yeah? do it. So right. I guess that's what I've been like in business a bit as well. But 
but yeah so so that was really really hard but we just you know we came to the realization that we could stay but why would we want to put our kids through, through that? Facility. And land prices were still good. There yep. was no guarantee that land prices were still going to be good. So, um, yeah, we we had a tough conversation. I bet we, you did. How yeah. did you? How did how did that go? Was that you that went to Angus and said, "Look, we really need to think about our future." You know, it's a really funny thing. It was such an organic, unexpected thing. Yeah, and it was more that I I'm quite a Lots of people are deep thinkers, but I reckon I'm quite good at articulating sometimes a different way of thinking. And I said to Angus, I love you. I will stay on this farm for life because you don't marry somebody like that and abdicate. You know, no. you do unless you're bloody Wallace Simpson. But, sure. you know, and, and I really respected that and yeah. it was a magnificent property. And, and I just said, look, if you, if this is a place you want to get buried, if you love farming with such a passion, you can't do anything else. But, the, you know, I will totally stay here for the rest of my life. You know, what is it? Why are we here? What do you love? Yeah. And no one had ever spoken to him like that. Yeah. And then the next day he just walked in, he went, the house. And I went, what? He said, I love the house. I said, so if the house burnt down in a fire, tree, said, we're out in a shot. I said, oh, my God, I'm not spending the rest of no. my life for that. Let's go make a house somewhere else. So yeah. so that was the decision we made. And within six months, we found a, a buyer um, yep. and we moved on and, and landed um, in Adelaide wondering what to do with now ourselves. Now what to do. So what happened? What did you do? Because farming is not something you can really do in Adelaide. No. Well, we tried to. Right. So we... We saw an opportunity. Um, we knew of people who were working um, as consultants to often doctors and lawyers that bought vineyards or had a little bit of okay. cattle and all that yep. kind of stuff. But once the government changed the tax laws where they weren't getting a rebate, they decided they weren't going to pay the consultants anymore. So we right. kind of assumed initially that that could be something that Angus could do. Yep. Um, I had very little kids. I didn't really want to go to work at that point. I ended up not really having a choice, but that's yep. fine. We then created Murray Farm Consulting, which yep. I only loved because it was just such a bizarre scenario. But we found a, an opportunity with um, receivers when right. larger properties went into receivership. Their forensic accountants didn't have the capabilities to trade grain and things like that. Right. Obviously, Angus had those skill sets. Yep. So I used to do the business development. I'd set up the meetings, but then Angus, you know, would talk the magic because he's amazing and he's very good at that. Sure. And we ended up earning some pretty good money, not crazy, but but good money. Yep. Um. But also it wasn't taking up enough of his time. So we had a girlfriend who was a stylist and she said, look, Gus, I often need tradies, people that are quite diverse in their skill sets, property maintenance. Yep. So for two years he did that. Okay. And for two years he just he kept saying, I really think there's, you know, potentially something in this. Yep. Um, so that's sort of what we did for a little while. Um, I'm probably jumping ahead of myself. But okay. we also had – we'd invested everything we took from the farm into one property. Right. So I'm a chicken. I'm I'm not crazy about – I'm a real estate person. Right. Other people are shares people. Sure. Smart people probably both. But I wanted it all in a house. I wanted to be safe as houses. Unfortunately, that doesn't pay you any money to support your life. No. And so after a little while, we just thought, okay – We've done this. We've sat still. You know, we've, I ended up going back to radio. Um, that's why I got my call signs mixed up before because I've, I've worked okay. in mix in both states. Um, I've actually worked in a few places. But anyway, so we made the decision to sell our house. And 
a little uh, this young man had been door knocking so many times like we had so many flyers and a really steep driveway so I thought he's probably going to be amazing he'll be really tenacious and sure and he was tenacious but not amazing unfortunately which is fine um so we were for sale for eight months wow. and three kids open sorry four kids at that point opened three times a week for eight months working full-time I was about to shoot yeah. myself and so after a while we just said look this isn't working we didn't even have a verbal was very much we bought on a high you know selling on a low so we changed to an excellent agent who read us the right act really I won't take it on unless you style and so we were like many of our vendors that we've met which is why our DNA is so strong in this area where we couldn't we're like well what's wrong with our furniture you know our dining room table sold for 40 grand it was beautiful farm stuff but we had a really modern house yeah. um, and what I now know later yeah. um, people need to see the house and not the furniture in it so um, we styled it we put down some carpet we ended up getting five bidders and 250k what the other person said that we'd get wow so we were pretty bloody happy about that because it was bet. you know really sweating ourselves a little bit what you know what's going to happen we're still you know we're finding a lot of financial pressure like flow pressure sure so once we released that um angus still wasn't sure what he wanted to do he certainly knew he didn't want to you know be a maintenance guy he'd run a yep. business and and i certainly knew that i didn't necessarily want to continue in a you know being a sales representative i had passions about having a business so we started exploring businesses the funniest one by the way which thank god we didn't do it but there was a fan shop and we thought, oh, there's two locations and he can do one and I can do another and the kids can play at our feet with that bollocks <laughs> you sell yourself. And then we realised we'd be buying a, um, a salary. There'd be no scale opportunities. Yep. So we sort of put that on ice. We then went to meet um, with our accountant, who's our brother-in-law, which I won't swear now, but that's why I could swear to him. And yep. and uh, he just said, guys, you know, don't don't go and buy something. Like, don't buy another house. Think about what you could do. He suggested that we buy a news agency. I suggested nice. that I'd rather be dead. Um, <laughs> and if anyone has a news agency, good on you, and I'm sure you love it, but I'm not that person. So, And I didn't want to work seven days again no. after working seven days on a farm. Um, and so I said to and, – and I was – you know, and Angus and I, you know, I was worried for Angus um, as well as myself. It was like as a family. Worried in what way? Oh, look, farming is it's, – it's not something that people easily transition from. Today, most farming families, kids will go out and get a degree, not as a plan nice. B, but a business degree because sure. business farms have become much more at scale. Yeah. Uh, but Angus didn't have that. And so I, I wanted him to be happy. I wanted him, him to have something. And so, and it was his idea. And I said, babe, why don't we give this thing a crack? Um, he looked at me and it was such a light bulb. I remember it's clear. I could tell you what we were wearing where we were sitting. Right. And I said, let's just spend 50 grand and buy some furniture. And that was on February the 28th of 2014. Right. We put out our first property on March the 5th. Yeah. And now we've done 3,000 properties, Adelaide, Melbourne. We've had two capital raises um, and we've been finalists in Telstra Awards, Ernst & Young. So, you know, we, we clearly we did some something right <laughs> yeah absolutely that's amazing isn't it it's been really interesting for me to to watch you grow and the whole business develop your enthusiasm and passion for what you do you can feel it when you meet you so it's no wonder it's no surprise to me that things are going well for you and, and just a little plug for you Leanne <laughs> um, you're so delightful and you've treated me like an equal and a big hitter ever since I was the smallest little thing in the world and that is such an incredible quality that you have oh well, thank you very much <laughs> mutual admiration 
Fashion Society we've got going on here. And so and matching bling and shoes. I know exactly that's right. You do take your shoe bling from me, right? And so you're still working with your husband? Yes. Yeah, and how does that how does that go? Do you have to have very many courageous conversations with each other? Oh, look, fights. Yeah. <laughs> um Yes and no. It's it's funny. I mean, the courageous conversations can be more about massive growth and people coming sure. from different areas. We are he's operational, I'm marketing. Okay. Um, we try not to cross over and and get it like get in each other's way. We yep. do, but we will naturally kind of fight. But the bigger courageous conversations, I think we've got quite different natures. Angus will definitely he will see the risk in everything. Yeah. And I'm too busy flying to the sun, which yep. can be a risk in itself. Sure. But it's been a really good thing to, to find good that, balance. that middle ground. Yeah. Um, and so we, we've had, yeah, we've had some pretty frank conversations. Um, yep. Certainly when I flew way too close to the sun. Right. And, you know, and Angus was very mindful of the fact that, you know, it was what sort of came from the farm that helped us. And, you know, that's pretty hard sometimes when you read each other truths, but also necessary. So, yeah. and so how did you cope with that when he sort of pulled you back and said, Hey, sunshine? Yeah. Have a look at All this. puns intended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I respect him a lot. Yep. We wouldn't be married and working together and really, you know, having the life that we've had if we didn't really respect each other, I have sure. to say. And so as much as we can fight like cats and dogs like you do when you love each other, I don't sure. think you ever fight with anyone like the people that you love. No. Because no one else can affect you that much. I think we've eventually... We, we both come to the same place at the same time through different ways. But, you know, I... I, I I felt huge guilt when when he pointed out how close to the sun, but it only inspired me to work harder right. to go. Okay, yep, I had no idea that this was all getting as risky as it it was. Yep, but. I'm not going to go down with the plane. If the plane was going to go down, I'm going to find a way to fly it somewhere else. And yep. and now that that's happened twice, yep. um, I, I think Angus has got a lot more confidence in me. Yep. He said a beautiful thing, which I loved, and he said, oh, my God, everything that you say comes true. And because I, you know, I said, I, yep. even when we were on the bones of our ass and we really overshot the runway hugely, yep. I was like, when we're in Melbourne, when we're in Sydney, when we're global, when yep. we're at scale, yep. and I still feel that yep. because I know no one has cracked this category because I'm the only person running around trying to crack it. Yep. And there are some really big people trying to crack it, yep. but they don't because it's, if it was easy, somebody would have. Yep. But we got the secret sauce. I won't ask you what that is I'd because love you, to can't. Tell you but I can't tell you. <laughs> you can tell me once we turn the recording oh, we... off, right? <laughs> Probably can't even tell you then. <laughs> Damn, okay. Um, and so four kids. How old are the kids now? So they are 8, 10, 12 and 14. Okay, so that is a full-time job in itself. How do you manage all of that? I hired an excellent wife. Okay. And I did post that on my um, Tiffany Murray public once. Yep. And it was very polarizing and lots of people got really offended that I'd used the word wife. Really? It was quite funny. And then I had my funniest one was someone saying, my husband works just as hard as you do and, and they didn't have any children. And I was thinking... It shouldn't be a war it's or a It's not a competition. So what I did is I looked at my role at the time was CEO. My yep. role now is managing director. Right. So the vast majority of people that I grew up with back in the day that had those roles I found often were men. I, think of it's, course. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. No. And they were they were living very fast, complicated lives. And and I looked and I thought, what have they got that I don't? Because I don't know how to do this. So I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. I, one yep. of my favourite sayings is when we ask for our father's jobs, we forgot that we'd have our mother's jobs as well. Yes, I like that. And I remember a time, it was October and I, 2015, and I, the only time I've ever 
nearly lost my shit, truthfully, was this, everyone's, (laughs) I'd come home after being in Sydney for three days hustling, you know, trying to get to this point. And Gus was amazing and, you know, everything would be done, the benches, but everything in a man's view, my experience. I don't have a Mr. Mum, he would agree. I would walk in and see the four hours that I'd have to do, not the clean benches. I'd see all the other, like the five loads of washing. And and I remember thinking, I'm actually going to have a nervous breakdown because yeah. we're going to. I thought it was cheaper to get a nanny than yeah. to have a therapist a divorce. or a divorce. Yeah. And so, and then I thought, what do corporate wives do? They look after the children, but they do farm. They're like the general manager of the operations. Home. Yeah, the operation. And yeah. and it needed somebody with that level of smarts because yeah. I still have to feed the operations. Yeah. But with four kids doing four sports with. So it's 16 practices and 16 games. That's 32 over the week. Dyslexia coaching, if they're sick, if I'm not there. You know, today in the middle of a meeting, which I ignored, I've got everyone ringing me because she needed a um, footy uniform for tonight and, you know, and, and then, um, you know, food shopping and all of those things. I really needed somebody that with the capability that I didn't have to think Yep. And so it was gold. It changed our lives. Best investment ever because that freed me up to go for this scale. Yeah, you, you can't, can't do, do it all. It. It's a lie. Yeah. And anyone that tries, like I cheat on everything. So my kids' birthday parties, yep. um, I have the we do one. We have a family one then we have a friend one. And so my family's coming over for my little girls in a couple of weeks and so they come at 5.30. My nieces and nephews often eat before they come to my house because they know that we French champagne, no food. <laughs> and then if everyone's still there, we order pizza. Yeah, but it looks great because yep. my beautiful wife has has decorated it, made it look fantastic. Yeah, my kids don't feel any less loved. Yeah, but why would I be a perfectionist and lose sleep over sure. that when? Or what I find is people don't do things because they're so daunted by the scale that they think they. I hate competitive entertaining. Yeah, I don't like going <laughs> yeah. to someone's house where they tell me where they bought the cheese from and they've been at the yep. markets all day and they're in the kitchen the whole time. I think I'm not having any fun That's, no because I'm coming to see you, not your bum in the yep. kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know when, um, as you know, I don't have children and when people ask me why, if I know them well enough, I will say, well, because if I had a wife, I would have children, but I am the wife. Yeah. So that's not going to work for yep. me. Yeah. Um, and not everybody takes that very well. But that's the reality of it at the time. For me, when children were um, a conversation that we had, my husband was traveling. He was overseas three weeks out of four. Yeah. I love my job at Lane yep. Simmons. Yep. Um, I knew I wouldn't be able to do it and so that was the decision that we made but the thing is just like you it was my decision that's right and people around me should respect that as they should respect you doing what you needed to do for your family wouldn't it be lovely wouldn't it if everybody just 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 be kind you know like i'm sure everyone has it in business where if a let's say a client or a customer is screaming red in the face at you or or a staff member is or however that works I always say, I'm just trying to feed my kids. Yep. Or you're just trying to yeah. pay your mortgage. Yeah, exactly. You know, what I love is when people go, oh, you're in here to try and flog me something. It's like, of course I am. Yeah. I no, you are not here because you're going to be entertaining. <laughs> you know, like. The, it's a business, it's a business, people. business, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and also, don't ask people to do stuff for free. Yeah. I don't do stuff for free. Yeah. You you don't don't do you know value yourself sure value if you don't value yourself nobody else will yeah because somebody else will will pay that and I this keyboard warrior thing it's so awful you know yeah. people are being brought down lives are being ruined by some people getting very angry about things they're probably not that informed on yeah you know if people ask my opinion if I don't if I haven't done any research or study I'll say you know if I look at politics particular. 
I don't, I'm not particularly political either way because I think we live in such a wonderfully safe country that sure. really it's same, same, different day. Yeah. But if I don't understand it, I'm not going to come in with a very authoritative voice. And some people don't like that because they're insisting on you giving an opinion. I'm like, yep. well, my opinion is it's not my passion. Yeah. So I, I'm not particularly informed. It's a lot of misinformation. Lot there of- is. And as I say in a presentation that I gave on um, last week in New Zealand, social media has now um, allowed a lot of anonymous people to share their toxic, ill-informed oh. views. And it can really – I made the decision very early that I was, if I'm not going to value the person, I don't value their feedback. And yep. so I don't buy into it. I yep. don't respond. No, neither do I. I just <laughs> let it go. Um, and I don't even get upset. No, and, me either. And I, I did get a hate letter. Did you? Except this person actually typed it out like, and sent it to work. Wow. And my PA walked in one day holding the hate letter and but with a ashen face and I was yeah. thinking, God, <gasps> what have we done? Like, yeah. you know, you panic. And then I read it and I kind of felt relieved because, you know, just in case it was banks back in those days or whatever. But every C word, every, you know, really? people hate you, your husband's yep. having an affair. Yeah. Um, really nasty, you know, basically who the F do you think you are calling yourself an entrepreneur? But the day I got that letter, Telstra rang up to say, guess what, you're a finalist in Entrepreneur of the Year. It's like, and I, I am always an wanted to post those two things together. together. And so I'm, I'm pretty That's bulletproof hilarious. in that way. Yeah. It worries me. You know, I've seen children close to me bullied on social media. Yep. And I'm like, dudes, don't give it any petrol. Yep. It's, you, turn your phone off. Don't you? Delete it, block them, whatever. But kids can't do that because their whole, yeah, their whole life's That's on social media. That's part of what I'm saying is, yeah. is that, you know, if you are, you know, you're a blogger or whatever. <laughs> and I didn't realise. Do you know that you can go in and see the hate? I didn't realise there was a secretly hidden hate thing. So when you go in your analytics, you can see people that say not nice things. Oh, I no, never knew I've that. never looked. And then I went and had a sniff and it was hilarious, like the funny things. It was, <laughs> and I was thinking... I'm glad that you blocked that Facebook, but it's, yeah, just sticks and stones. You've got yeah, to try. Right. So you can actually go in and see the Somehow Facebook posts. You can see, like, it'll say, I, I can't think of what it is. I'm right. This is not my skill set. But sure. there's somewhere that if there's been something that you don't want to know, it might be the unhides, but it's not that. Yeah. Something else. I just found one one day and thought, yeah, God, right. I had no idea. And yes, I guess the strength, the strength of it is, though, you know, we could debate this for, we for, could. for ages. Um, the strength, I, I think it's like everything. Everything that can be made for good can be made for evil. So just make sure that your usage and dissemination is good. Yep. I could not agree more. Can we ask what's next? Sure. You can ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, Global we, domination. We, we have been, we're really excited, uh, Angus and I. We've been, so our first acquisition, so when we had first investors, yep. was a man called Grant Dempsey. At the time, he was chairman of um, J, uh, Kate, what do you call it? JP Morgan yep. and Jason McLeod. They've both been chairman of that role. Right. They're still actively involved. We knew after a couple of years that this is a very capital-intensive business. Sure. But we also needed smart money. So what we do in my business is we do home staging, but we also manage trades. And most people that do that are acting illegally because if you don't have a builder's license, you You actually can't do it. So we had a provisional builder's license so we could do up to $30,000 worth of works in Adelaide and ten grand in Melbourne. Yep. I'd been approached, I won't say by who, but by a number of large at-scale building companies to, because they all saw the opportunity to go business to consumer via styling companies. Sure. 
but they all wanted to change my name and you know dress for sale and turn it into theirs. Whereas I am such a big believer in in, in our name. I believe that yeah. our brand can really scale. Yeah. And um, so so we always talked about the smart money. If we yeah. were going to attach to somebody else the next time, it was going to be smart money, a, a perfect vertical. Um, and that's what's happened. So we've partnered with John's Ling Group. Uh, John's Ling Group, are a trade company. They've got five thousand subcontractors, five hundred full time. They recently or you or 18 months ago listed for uh, 350 million bucks on the stock exchange wow. they've got huge um, global um, eyes themselves yep and they had clients like Suncorp um, insurance clients so anytime a, uh, you know something burned yep. they could rebuild it they've got yep. Storex and um, Huskies a property management thing that I'll come and annoy yep. you about one day but, awesome. um, lots of synergies in that regard so they've bolted on with us or we've bolted on with them so that we, we can look at now we're uncapped so for example we can come into your property now where we do painting and flooring but let's say you knew that you needed it was a deceased estate and you sure. knew that if you just put in a new kitchen and a new bathroom yep. with a bit of paint that you could get the extra three, four hundred grand. Sure. We can do that. Yeah, right. So we could build a skyscraper. Yep. Um, and so so that's one part. So we will be um, uh, Sydney and Brisbane are definitely on the cards. Um, yep. Because at the moment it's Adelaide and Melbourne. Adelaide and Melbourne. Yep. Dress for sale. You know, Angus and I, we, we proved the model. Yep. Uh, we proved the scale. Yep. And now JLG and Dress for Sale, or us collectively, we want to prove mass scale yeah, right. um, and, and be that unique offering. Nobody else, I don't think in the world necessarily, but not at scale, yep. can do the whole the thing whole lot. uncapped. So that's quite revolutionary. So That's very, very exciting. And then America. Yeah, I can, I can say bring that. it on. Yeah, we, we've, kind of, we've got aspirations for definitely for global yeah. growth. And we've got, we, we're already global, so we're already in America. There are existing synergies. Yep. Once we... we we get our best practices ironed out Australia there's no reason why so yeah. and what I loved about that group and they probably will loved about each other um, is that everyone loves speed yep. in this group which is yep. great because yep. you know you you can't have a massive vision sure you need you absolutely need execution but you do need speed you know slow people they might well, particularly today correct Correct. And you don't want to – I always – my analogy is I've seen so many people in our category and taxis already exist. They come in, they think they're fantastic and they create another taxi group. Yep. We're Uber. Yeah. So although when I did meet Jerry Harvey, bless him, when he called me up and, and I came in and talked to him about the business, he said, why don't you want to pay your taxes either? <laughs> When I said we were Uber, but what I meant was that was true disruption. Yeah. And to me, true disruption is we, we've actually got a, a vision, a mission statement addressed for sale. Right. And it's Kijukai. And it's a Japanese word. It's very simple. And it's a Japanese word. And basically, it means the ability to anticipate somebody's need and deliver it before they know they need it. Yeah. Nobody knew how pissed off they were with taxis until they had Uber. Sure. So I'm not going to give you the Uber secret sauce with dress for sale, but we absolutely know those pain points and we're yep. looking at creating something that we feel um, will hit the market in such a way that, that you know, we will become that generic brand when people will be the Coca-Cola, not the Pepsi. And that's what it's all about, identifying those pain points mm. and uh, getting through them without friction on either side. And not what you think, what yep. you've asked. You know, yep. people often invent stuff because that's what they think a customer wants, but they haven't sure. wanted to ask the customer. Sure. And so, you know, the customer for us are vendors and agents. Yep. Um, and so you have to look at both of those customers and take away their pain points. And the ones that we've uncovered, 
when I've spoken to different people, just just pun- punters selling, and I tell them, sure. they're just like, wow, didn't even think didn't of that. Think they of didn't it. even think that was annoying them. And, and so I think that's where the, the secret source mm-hmm. comes in. Beautiful. And if people want to get hold of you, Tiff, how do they find you? Okay, so dressedforsale.com.au or you can go to Dress for Sale Facebook or you could go to Tiffany Murray. So I've got a Tiffany Murray public Facebook, yep. uh, Tiffany Murray, LinkedIn, yep. um, and obviously on the website it's got our Adelaide and our, our Melbourne number. Or they can call you, Leah. You're everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm exactly. in your phone. Oh, that's right. You are in my <laughs> phone and you are going to stay there too, my friend. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you being here. It's lovely to see you. I really um, appreciate being part of an incredible mix yeah. when I've heard about the beautiful people you've got Absolutely. coming up on your podcast. Yes. So I feel very honoured. Yes, there's lots of great people. So thank you and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.